Friday the 5th of February. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm coming to you live from Corona on Hill in Southern California. Yeah. We were just talking about on the radio show a gentleman who is from uh, Burton-on-Trent in England who has been in a coma since the beginning of last year and has basically been out for the entire time of the virus. And I guess he's now waking up. He had been in a car accident. And so um, hopefully... Uh, he will have a full recovery. But during that time, while in hospital, he has had coronavirus twice. He has survived that. And, uh, and you know, he survived a, a car accident. And But he's waking up to a world that's substantially different than the one that uh, he left when he first went in the hospital unconscious. And so you got to imagine that that's a little strange to realize that while he has been you know, basically in a room for a year. So has the rest of the world. Yeah, we've all been kind of locked down, haven't we? Um, man, it's and it's getting to the point where this is feeling normal now. It's it really is for me anyway. And and I know that there, you know, Aaron has railed against it, and others have too about you know we've got to open things up and get back to normal. I don't know that we're ever going to get back to a normal normal. We'll have a new normal. And uh, you know, I think that that. Um, uh, Certainly, businesses are going to come back, but but you know there's going to be a depressed economy worldwide for a period of time as we figure this out. Uh, it does worry me a little bit, though. You know, we as a country made a large leap forward in terms of our industrial complex post World War II. That a lot of the world was rebuilding from this terrible war, and and getting enclosed inside the Iron Curtain. And we, as a country, were able to take economic advantage of that because we were not damaged by uh, the war for the most part, and at least the, the our industrial buildings and stuff were not. The, you know, there weren't battles taking place on our um, on our land, literally. In, you know, in the in the uh, the greater forty eight of the United States. And so, um, you know, we were able to then go into high production mode and provide goods for the world. And we grew an economy that the likes of which the world has never seen. And we have, you know, been riding on that advantage that we had from that time period for for the ensuing, uh, you know, 70 years now. And uh, and now this is causing a huge economic downturn. We have locked ourselves down. And I'm wondering if a a dictatorial country, say like a China, is saying, hey, this is our opportunity while everybody else is locked down. We'll just force everybody to go back to work. And, you know, if we uh, if people get sick and we lose some people because of the disease, that's all right. We got more. And and so they just are forcing uh, work to happen. You know, I mean, they can put people in internment camps. Uh, you know, if you're a Uyghur living in China, that's kind of your option right now. Um, and, you know, is, are they going to take advantage of this and then, and then be able to use that advantage to gain economic upper hand in, in over a period of time that will then, you know, put them in a better position for the next 70 or hundred years, you know, um, right now they have the second largest economy in the world, um, 
but they have four times the number of people that we have, five times the number of people that we have. Uh, so they've got a lot more of a labor force, um, you know, and they've got similar, um, you know, mineral resources. And, uh, you know, uh, I just wonder what the world's going to look like in another 20, 30, 40, 50 years in terms of this major influence and this major economic force that is uh, essentially run as a um, as a dict- dictatorial government, you know, as a dictatorship um, with a small cadre of people deciding what happens for everybody. So um, something to keep our eyes on, something to keep our eyes peeled about, because it's it's a little nerve wracking to uh, to see what happens there. Um, a little disconcerting. So. Well, on a different note, something that I've been um, doing is going through my uh, earthquake kit and just updating and making sure that everything's in there uh, is is ready and usable. Um, I keep some um, uh, water stored that I put some purification tablets in that, that make sure that it's, you know, drinkable water so that it doesn't uh, go rancid and have, you know, spiders crawling in or anything like that. So I have water in some um, containers stored. Um, I have, uh, so I'm making sure that's good and updated. I have uh, gone through, I have some freeze-dried meals, and so uh, some of those were old, so I'm just moving those out just in case I, you know, have some emergency food. And, you know, I'm not, not enough to live on for a long period of time, but if, if we have to vacate the house because of a major earthquake, you know, I want to have uh, stuff going. I've got, and I've got it packed into backpacks. So, you know, I've got a couple sleeping bags and, and, and some uh some cots and tents so uh in fact i have the the tents that pop up on top of a cot so i have two individual one for myself and one for my wife my kids have moved out so it's just the two of us um tents but one of the things that i really didn't have much set aside for and so i've gone out of my way to try to uh, find long shelf life stuff to set aside for our puppies um uh, they sleep in a kennel, and so I have an extra kennel, but I used to have it in storage. I've actually put it with our earthquake stuff so that if we have to go somewhere, we can put them in the kennel, and they can have a normal place to sleep, what they're used to sleeping, and uh, and some blankets for them. And this is not like light, super lightweight backpacking stuff. Um, you know, we're not talking, um, you know, $200, um, you know, four-ounce tents or something. I guess they're probably more like 20-ounce um backpacking tents i'm not worried about that this is stuff that i could throw in our car i've got an suv and a pickup truck and so one of those two vehicles everything goes into it including us and the dogs and we go from there and so um you know this is is uh designed for us to maybe you know leave the area if if infrastructure is damaged if if there's you know no power and electric and that kind of thing so Anyway, I've been working through that. Here's Erin. Maybe we'll talk to her about uh, earthquake preparedness. Good morning, Erin. Good morning, Todd. So um, I was so just I was sharing. I to the radio station this morning. Oh, you were? Yeah, I was because I couldn't find my glasses. Oh, well, that's a problem. And all of us Have who occasionally drive on roads appreciate that you were able to find your glasses. Um, I have, no, I wear glasses that are for reading. Um, but it's, I, my eyes have gotten to the point where I literally have to have them for reading. Now, anything outside the length of my arms, I actually see better than 2020 and I've gotten my eyes tested regularly. And so I see at a distance really well. Um, but, uh, you know, like 
when I, I the the dashboard the numbers are big enough and contrasty enough that I can I can drive without any trouble. I can see my dashboard, see how fast I'm going, that kind of thing. But if I have to like read something, pick up even my phone, I can't I can't function. I mean, I can you know I know the the icons to launch major things and stuff. I can see it, but I can't clearly see my phone without glasses on. Um, you know, like the text on my phone, I can't read articles or things like that comfortably. Um, I, I mean, it's really difficult. So yeah, I have left. I bought a whole bunch of those little. I like a, uh, on Amazon, like a package of ten of the little readers, and I've done that more than once. And so I have like little reading glasses in glove boxes in cars, and it's like I, they're all over the place. So you know, if if I forget them, hopefully I've got a, a set of glasses somewhere. Uh, but I will be able yeah. to grab because I'm nearsighted. You know, I'm not far-sighted. I'm nearsighted. And so right. uh, luckily I have driven this route. I mean, obviously I can see cars coming, but um, I have driven this route enough time that I, times that I don't need to see road signs because forget about it. I'm not going to be able to read them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, the things we live with, with our, all of us have our pluses and minuses, you know? I mean, you know, I frankly, I would rather have you driving without your glasses than have somebody who's been up for 24 hours driving around or somebody who just stepped out of a bar driving around, you know, any day well, of the week. Yes. So, so yes. you know, you know. I, I'm not going to kill anyone. It's, 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 if I were if I were going someplace new, there'd be no way because I cannot see our, right. our road signs. But yeah, um, certain amount of discomfort I, for you, though. Yes. Yeah, it's 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 yes. Yes, and the worst part about f- losing your glasses is that you can't see to f- see to find your glasses, right? So, right. Um, <laughs> like Ralphie, it's, it's... Ralphie, in a Christmas story, when he finally gets his BB gun and he goes out and he shoots it at a metal plate, and the BB comes back and 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 uh, uh, hits him, hits his glasses hits his glasses and, and knocks them off and then he goes to look for them and steps on them accidentally. Yes, exactly. That's precisely After what everybody in the movie said, you'll shoot your eye out. He basically <laughs> almost shot his eye out. Yeah. <laughs> and then he stepped on his glasses. I but he whipped up some tears. He whipped up some tears and got some sympathy from mom right away. He knows how to work it. He's a kid. He's no dummy. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's, uh, I watch it at Christmas time. It's one of my favorites. But yeah, not having your glasses. Movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in between the Hallmark movies. So, um, before you came on, I was talking about something that I've been doing, and that is going through my emergency preparedness kit, my earthquake kit here at home, and just updating stuff because I had some things in there that, like, I had some um, some freeze dried food that, although not particularly palatable, is edible and provides nutrition. And some of that stuff had expired, so it was time to get some new freeze dried food. Toss that stuff out, and uh, yeah, it's not. Every once in a while, I'll open a package and fix it and go, you know, has it has it gotten any better? Is it is it good? And and, and it, honestly, it's not bad. It's just not good. And so it's not something I would choose to eat unless I had to, you know, if I was backpacking and I was, you know, wanted it to be uh, a warm meal that, that, uh, I could prepare, you know, on the trail, that's one thing, but you know, my emergency preparedness kit is not like an ultralight backpacking setup for somebody who's going to hike the, the, you know, the Pacific coast trail. 
It's stuff I can pick up and throw into the back of my car real quick or the back of the truck real quick and grab my, my wife and my pets and move on. And I say pets because that's something I hadn't really accounted for before. And it just, uh, I was reading something the other day and a light bulb went off and I was like, oh yeah, you know, um, so I need to go and I'm going to see if I can find a, some, some shelf stable dog food that I can keep for a long period of time. Cause I don't know how long you can take a normal bag of dog food and set it aside. Um, and you want to be careful where you do that because, you know, vermin can smell that and they'll break into your stores if you don't have it packed away well uh but uh i also have an extra my dogs sleep in a in a crate at night and i have an extra crate that's a little bit smaller but i took that out of storage and put it next to my other earthquake stuff my my bug out bag if you will um and my stuff's heavy so it's made like i said it's made to toss in the back of a car so carrying the dog crate's not a big thing i can i can a matter of five minutes grab all this stuff and have the car packed and ready to go um and so we could do it pretty quickly but um you know just it needed some updating you know um make sure that you got fresh water stores and that you uh um you know have some some uh food that you can eat quickly and easily and uh some kind of i've got uh, some i bought a while back these little um they're like pup tents but they are on top of a uh on top of a cot so you unfold the cot and then set the tent on top of the cot it attaches to the cot so that you can put the two cots you know they're two one-person cots and so my wife and i both would have a place to sleep up off the ground um probably each of us with a dog or two and uh and, you know, it's a place to stay warm, some sleeping bags and stuff. So it's, you know, it's not a lot, but it's just like if there was a really bad earthquake and we weren't able to stay in our house and, and you know, say the, you know, infrastructure, the electrical and the gas was gone, um, you know, there's a little propane um, uh, cook surface that I've got and, and a bottle of propane. And, you know, it's just a, it's a few things just in case in case bad things happen. It's like an insurance policy. But uh, every once in a while it needs to be checked and updated, just like your, uh, like your, um, fire alarms you know in your house you know you just gotta put a new battery in it so i thought oh well you know it's a good time to go do that so i thought i'd go digging through it and seeing what's what that is you know i i have dog food and i have water etc and i think we have a a used tent out in the backyard but i'm not the backyard in the garage but Mm -hmm. you know maybe i need to check it out and i and i think i need to we need to buy new sleeping bags and Mm -hmm. um so i think i i think i need to revisit that because yeah if we're sleeping outdoors you know and you can't get in the house to get the stuff that we need um we need something right i mean right. Uh, i got i've got battery packs i've got um you know other things i've got hang on i'm sorry mm-hmm. i'm turning left turning left all right so i've got battery packs i've got food and water and med- medical supplies and blah 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 but yeah. i need a little first aid yeah, shelter kit. yeah yeah yeah, that's that's always a possibility. Yeah, you know, if there's damage to the roof or to the structure on the house, you you shouldn't be in the house. So you need, you know, something that you can keep the the elements off and some place to lay your head at night until you can figure out what to do and where to go and how to you know, and and while there's usually community places you can you can be you know, evacuated to, um, you know, maintaining a sense of autonomy or being able to stay with your place like out in the yard or something is not necessarily a bad idea. And so, yeah. you know, or, or, or maybe, you know, like, uh, you know, your kids are in the area, so you might be able to gather with one of them. 
um, mine are not. And I've got a daughter who's in another city in California that's, you know, six hours away. Well, you know, she might need assistance. So I wanted to have something that I could throw in a vehicle and I could hit the road and go get her, you know, and make sure she's okay. So, um, makes me want a four wheel drive to make sure you can, you know, maybe mm-hmm. make sure you can get there because if the, both, both if my the, SUV and my truck are four wheel drive. So, you there know, you go. um, yeah, you know, the, they're, uh, the SUVs seen better days, but the, the truck, it's got a brand new transmission and a brand new rebuilt engine in it, so it should be ready to roll. Um, so, but you're right, yeah. You know, you just—I mean, I think about this stuff, and it's—it's it's not, you know, odds are it's not going to have happen. But it's, it's that that I'm sort of like a mini prepper, you know. Uh, you know, I just want to have have some, you know, if if things go bad, that I at least physically have a place to kind of set up my my portable home. You know, that's just good common sense. Yeah. You know, have canned food and make sure you include a can opener. Yeah, canned food's not things like much that. Food if you can't open the can. I got my Swiss Army <laughs> knife. I can open that can. It'll take me six days and a lot of cussing, but I can get that can open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Have you ever I tried to open a can with, like, one of those can openers that's no. on the Swiss Army knives? I have, no. and it's not six days, but yeah, it it, it works, but it's it, there's a little bit of a trick to it, you know. But it works fine. But so, uh, yeah, so like the um, you know, do you buy MREs or do you buy freeze dried food or do you buy like I have yeah, um, lots of beans and rice that are vacuum packed, and I also have like um, freeze dried mm-hmm. food and you know other things that uh, the family can eat. Yeah. Um, well, I bought a, uh, it was supposed to have, I think, a seven-year or a 10-year, I have to check on it, but I, just che- I checked it not too long ago, um, shelf life, uh, and it's basically like a five-gallon bucket, and it was supposed to be um, uh, meals for a family of four for X number of days, and I don't remember how many days it was, and I bought that, and I recently checked it, and I've got another two years before that's expired. Um and it's all freeze-dried stuff, so all you have to do is have good water. And so um, I also bought a couple of those um, water filters that you can attach to a, uh, a bottle. So you can fill a bottle up with water from anywhere and then run it through the filter, and it should be good. And, uh, and that way we have, you know, cl- clean water in which to then uh, make our uh, a meal, um, you know, and a, and a small camp stove to boil water. And... Uh, and so, you know, I've got a few things like that, so I can, you know, purify water and, right. and we can have some food. It's probably not the tastiest food in the world, but, uh, um, beats the know, heck out so, of starving. Exactly. It's just, you know, and it, and because it had a long, it's a freeze dried and has a very long shelf life. I figured, okay, well, you know, that goes in the earthquake kit, the, uh, the emergency bug out package in case I, I, you know, in case that's the food we got. Right. You know, and when when the COVID thing first hit and we were locking down and we didn't know, what, you know, it crossed my mind. It was like, that's, you know, maybe. And so I that's when I checked on it. I checked on it a few months back. I think it was last year in, in like March uh, or or April, early April. I went and said, you know, how old is that stuff? Is it still good? I need to check it. And uh, and found that, yeah, I'm OK for another uh, couple of years. I think 2023 is when it's it, it expires. And let's face it, even if it's expired. You know, if if in 2024 you've got a bucket and that's your bucket, you're gonna eat it. I mean, it's it's freeze dried. It's probably not going to uh, uh, 
you know, poison you or anything. It just, you know, textures and things may not be what they were at once. Um, things that were once uh, uh, noodles and rice are now powder. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. But it's packed, like I said, it's packed in a bucket and the lid sealed on. So it's not even like it's getting bumped or crushed or anything. You know, it sits. It sits and it's ready. That's its job to be ready. So, uh, well, yeah, Tobin pulled our um, earthquake kit stuff. Um, and it made me remember that it's not all in the same place. And so yeah. he pulled our earthquake kit stuff out. Um, when COVID started too. And he's like, Oh, we have all this stuff. And, and because I had been just buying it, I really hadn't talked to him about it. Um, right. Uh, but I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I, what I would do is I'd see things on sale at Amazon and right. uh, then I would buy it. So set up alerts for myself and yeah. Yeah. You know, and slowly collect up it. what you need and just say, yeah. Cause exactly. I mean, if you put it all together, you know, it's, it can be, you know, you know, four or $500 worth of stuff over a period of time, you know, depending on what you're doing and what you're getting, you know, if you have to get, you know, I mean, if you've got sleeping bags and stuff already, then that's fine. But if you don't, you know, if you're starting from zero, um, the thing that I found though, is that you can actually get a lot of the stuff that you thought you, you know, that you would need to get, you can actually get it a lot cheaper than, than, you know, like camping type of gear from REI costs a fortune and, and you can spend that kind of money regardless of where you go. Um, and it's really good quality stuff. But if it's if it's just emergency stuff, it's not, you know, again, it's not the stuff that you're you're, you're building that ultralight backpacking setup. You know, instead of getting the 22 ounce tent, um, you get the tent that weighs, you know, three pounds, which is 36 ounces. Right. I mean, you you get the you know, and, and it's and and you buy that on Amazon instead of costing, you know, five hundred dollars. It costs a hundred dollars. Or in, in in some cases, I've looked at some tents that are, you know, literally like a three and a half pound two person tent. Uh, you can get it for fifty bucks, you know, or thirty five dollars in one case. And so, you know, you don't have to spend a fortune to have a shelter. You know, you can you can buy that and stick it in a closet, and then you know the next month, you know, get a sleeping bag or uh, or a backpack to put it in so that you have a way of carrying it. But honestly. If you don't want to spend the money, a big black trash bag, you know, when I was growing up, my mom, my mom built our earthquake kit in a garbage can. She had seen a thing on TV. And so she went down to Home Depot and she bought a big rubber garbage, Rubbermaid garbage can. And in that she put uh, a, a, uh, she had, there was a little camp stove and there was a pot to cook in and uh, she grabbed some old spoons and threw them in there so we'd have something to eat with. Uh, and she stuffed in some, you know, some oatmeal and some things that were, you know, easy to, to cook with boiled water and said, you know, it's not going to be luxury, but at least we will have, we you know, grab the trash can. If the earthquake hits, grab the trash can, you know, and she put it together fairly inexpensively, but there was something there because, you know. You yeah, never and know, I and especially right, your if you... dad then thinking it was trash, threw it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at some time later, my dad dragged it out to the curb and and uh, threw away our earthquake kit. So uh, <laughs> you do have to communicate with your spouse about these things and maybe label them, you know, with lots of you know markers on the side and bright stickers or something. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, that's funny. Yes, part of the family lore. Yeah, my mom put together an earthquake kit because she said, you know, she still had kids at home and wanted to make sure that, you know, we had at least some minimal survivability stuff in case an earthquake hit. And my dad threw it all away. 
<laughs> yes, so we were we were protected for a short period. Now here's the here's the kicker. She was not so concerned that she bothered to go do it again. <laughs> She's like, well, screw it. <laughs> You're on your own, kids. Earthquake hits. Everybody goes feral. <laughs> so, funny. hey, um, during the radio show, I talked about uh, an FCC ruling, and I wasn't quite sure when it was. Um, and there were actually a series of rulings. The first one was in 2005. Then there was one in 2010, 2011, 2014 um, that had to do with um, uh, limiting the access to uh, or, or modifying the way uh, service providers could do billing on uh, a wired versus wireless networks and what how that all plays out. Um, and it very clearly states that the, the intent was to incentivize the building out of wireless networks um, by giving them advantageous billing when they do that. The other thing that they were trying to do, and a lot of people forget about this, was they were also trying to um, curtail the idea of... Um, uh, service providers cutting deals with somebody like Netflix or Amazon Prime or something and saying, well, you know, uh, we charge you X amount, but but we won't charge you for Amazon or we won't charge you for, uh, for Netflix because we cut a deal with them. And they're allowed to do that with wireless. So, like, you can have a T-Mobile account that gives you free um, – Netflix for a year or a Verizon account that gives you free Amazon Prime for a year um, and they will get better streaming quality than other streamers because they're paying money back to Verizon or T-Mobile uh, but you can't do that on a wired internet Oh, and that was part of the ruling too because what was happening was uh, Net Netflix at the time and they still are the dominant but at the time they were about the only real game in streaming um, they had started paying network service providers or internet service providers um, to allow them to hook into their backbones directly so that they would have a better connection to end users than other streaming companies. And the thought was is that that would then stifle other streaming companies from being able to compete. And so, um, so the government, the FCC, stepped in and said, no, you can't do that on a wired ground connection to people's house but you can do that on wireless because again short-sightedly thinking well wireless is how, how much streaming are people really doing to their phones not thinking that eventually wireless will go straight to the house as well so um so those but but these are fcc regulations and so they can be changed from you know i mean with the flick of a president's wrist these are things that are done by by executive decision as opposed to specifically passing laws, um, at least as they are now. The, the, the way the laws are written, it gives the FCC the, the ability to make those changes. Yes. Well, That's not to say that our... Oh, go ahead. As we've talked about, the, um, the uh, Congress, you know, the, almost all the laws right now seem to be coming out of the executive branch. Congress is kind of not doing anything abdicated <laughs> yeah 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 no that's what i was getting ready to say too was you know that you know our highly uh responsive and 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 well-functioning um uh legislature will you know change laws to to handle this i'm sure without any trouble <laughs> right um yeah so um yeah just this morning apparently five thirty in the morning east coast time 
after an all-night session, they passed uh, Biden's uh, budget on a 51 to 50 vote. I mentioned that during the radio show. Um, and that while it did not include the the uh, proposed $15 minimum wage, national minimum wage increase, or not, not $15 increase, but increase to $15, um, uh, the, it did include the $1,400 to... Um, to individuals as a, uh, I don't know, what are they calling those things? The uh, one time, although this will be the third time. Uh, in, I don't know. I don't COVID the relief? They're that. not really stimulus. Yeah, so yeah but they're relief. trying to call it a stimulus thing. It's not really COVID relief. They're, that's a whole other thing is the COVID relief thing, which is, uh, but maybe I guess it is a COVID relief package is what they're calling it. Yeah, maybe yes. you're right. Um, yeah, that's the term. So anyway... They uh, they seem to have passed that. Okay, something just bit me on the leg. Oh, and now I got a now I got an itchy bump. Um, so uh, anyhow, like it wasn't um, a no, it wasn't a dachshund. I think it had eight legs. It was an arachnid, uh, or maybe it was just a, a noceum type of bug. But either way, it's now itchy, and uh, I got nothing good to. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have Itchy Racer right here, which uh, I think is essentially just Benadryl spray. But uh, maybe it's got something else in it. What does it say? Yep, diphenhydramine 2%. It's Benadryl. Um, let me hey, spray that, that on my... Yeah, let me spray that on my itch before I scratch through to the backside of my leg because it's really itchy. Um, there we go. Let that settle in. Hopefully that'll help. Um, yeah, you know, um, we'll, we'll see what that is. I, what wasn't clear, and of course it has to be worked out with the Senate as well, this is just the House, um, is the uh, who qualifies. Because there's been conversations about saying, well, let's lower the, um, the cutoff so that, you know, because right now I think it was like people making 70000 or seventy. 5,000 or something like that, or couples making twice that qualified, If you know, as long as you were under that number. And so they're talking about taking that number down a bit. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. See who actually qualifies. And, you know, and, and like I said, they still have to get it. Uh, oh, wait a minute. That was the Senate. I'm sorry. So now they have to do the, what do they call it, a joint committee before they then pass, the, then they send the legislation to the president to sign? Actually, if it's passed by both houses, it should go to, I mean, if it's passed in the floor of both houses, because Kamala Harris um, yeah. uh, made the final, made you know, broke Vote, the tie, right. it was 50-50. Um, and so I think at this point, it just goes yeah. to the president because it's passed both houses. Yeah, that's assuming that they both passed the same version of the bill. If there were slight wording differences, then they do a, a, um, a joint committee to work out the language to make sure that it's, yeah, so yes. send it out. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so they went through this, and you're talking about reconciliation. That's what they've been calling this this maneuver to get around the idea of a, um, <clears throat> of a um, um, filibuster. So they get around a filibuster by, by doing what's called a budget reconciliation process. And that means that, that they, by, by, by rule, uh, they can get around uh, you know the the uh, the houseman or the minority party in in the house can't filibuster to block 
the uh, the movement. And so apparently it had never been used, even though it had been around since the 70s, it had never been used in, uh, until, uh, until uh, 2008. And since then it's been used semi-regularly. So, you know, uh, the same thing with the filibuster. It had been around for a long time, and it just got to the point where it, it now was de rigueur. It was just the, the, you know, the standard way of doing things. Uh, not the way it was intended, I think. So, I well, don't know. the Democrats want to get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and, and I mean, if you've got a way to get around it, then then there's no point in getting rid of it. But maybe what they need to do is instead of being all or nothing, they need to look at it, see what it's in, you know, what what was the real original intent, and if that's worthy, then then let's not get rid of it. Let's modify it so that it works right. That that it it gives the minority. A voice without uh, the problem is is that the whoever's in power at any given point in time never wants to do this right because they don't want to give the minority a voice <laughs> whoever's in power always says let's get rid of it completely um and then it comes back and bites them in the butt when you know they're on the other end like, of the stick like they got rid of the filibuster for for confirming supreme court justices and yeah. mitch mcconnell said to the democrats um this is gonna this is gonna come back and haunt you and sure yeah. enough it did Right, yeah, and then they complain loudly, loudly, loudly about the whole, um, uh, you know, Trump getting to appoint three different justices uh, in a fairly short period of time, you know, in his four-year term, and uh, and they had nothing they could do about it because they had blo- they, they had gotten rid of the one th- one tool that they would have had. Yep. But uh, you know, so yes, be careful what you wish for, right? It's that old lesson from. Um, uh, the um, parable of um, Aladdin, right? Yes. Watch, or the Disney's Aladdin. Either way, it's like, be careful what you wish for. It's not always what you assume it will be. Exactly. And not always what you intended <laughs> it to be. And for proof of that, watch the movie Bedazzled. Yeah, which is a great movie. Same story, basically, right? Um, that's such a good movie. Yeah. It's so well done. It's so silly, but it's just really well done. They Both uh, the leads... Um, Brendan Fraser being sort of the um, Aladdin character in this case, and uh, and the devils granting the wishes instead of a genie, and it's um, what's her name? Um, Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah, Elizabeth Hurley. She's really she's really an underrated actress. She 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 did she just absolutely did that with such tongue in cheek and played it just right, and he played the sort of like wide eyed, dumbfounded guy so well going into it and then clearly had learned a lesson coming out of it that just worked worked well you know absolutely yeah. the irony is so, that she plays this devil character who almost in a sense is instead of being bad is really doing a good thing in the long run in that she's kind of educating him and grow, helping him grow up a little bit you know I mean, yes. she doesn't play like an evil Satan like you would see in a in a horror movie. It, this is all very tongue in cheek comedy type of thing. But but you almost you know the the end result is is that she toys with him a lot. But in the end result is is that he's a wiser man. So so she ends up doing a net positive, which is weird. Yes, things didn't turn out the way she had planned. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Things didn't turn out the way he planned on most of his wishes, but it didn't turn out the way she planned either. Wow. So, you know, we were talking about tents, and I walked, I went on um, 
uh, Amazon Smile. That's smile.amazon.com. And I'm looking at mm -hmm. tents, and the prices right now are really good because it's yeah. the off season. Yeah, most people don't go camping in the winter, so it's a good time to uh, find yourself a shelter. And you can find a, um, like I said, a, a pretty lightweight backpacking set up for for you know dirt cheap if you're willing to go with some off brands and give it a try in an emergency why not um but you can also do you know a fairly heavy tent that you could like i was saying just you know be a toss in the back of your car or set it up in your yard pull it out of the garage and set it in the yard type of tent uh if uh if you can't you know if the house is not habitable so um yeah so what are you looking at what kind of tent describe your tent so I, I, I just Googled ultra lightweight tent and mm -hmm. they have a gear top backpacking one person tent. Um, it's three season and it's a hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, which is and not, there's a lot of them that have, way. Yeah. Which I think is a very good price. I mean, I, mm -hmm. you know, you can, you can spend a whole lot more elsewhere. They have another yeah. one, a backpacking tent for one and two person. So if it's two people, you're going to be snug. Um, it's 119. Yeah. It's a dome camping tent, um, uh -huh. and um, you know, so that's that's a good yeah. price. What I'm not seeing is how much it weighs. Something to be aware of is, yeah, when they say ultra light, you want to know exactly how many ounces or how many grams it is. Walmart, by the way, sells a um, a uh, twenty uh, under thirty dollars, but between twenty five and twenty and twenty nine dollar tent. It's a uh, a fairly large, but not quite two person, but it's a one person tent that weighs uh, less than three pounds for, like I said, $30. Now, it's a Walmart tent, so it's not going to be the same as your, you know, $100 or your $500 tent, but it's a functional working tent. Uh, something to be aware of when it comes to tents is there's a couple different ways to go. Um, some tents are freestanding. In other words, the, the tent poles attach into grommets on the floor of the tent, and you could then pick up the tent and move it around if you needed to. Other tents require that you put uh, guy lines down into them, and some backpacking tents don't even come with poles. They expect that you'll use your walking stick, your trekking poles, to, as tent poles, and that's how they keep them even lighter. And so if you're going super light on the backpacking, you might use a trekking pole tent. Uh, but again, as an emergency earthquake kit you don't necessarily need light but if you're also thinking hey it might not be bad to go out and go camping sometime why not build a light setup yes well and i, and I don't know that i'd want to spend 30 bucks on a tent because i wouldn't trust that it in a pinch that it would work for me yeah there's a um there's lots of reviews on youtube and there's a guy who does a review of a 15 pound base weight pack for $325, and he uses the, the Walmart tent in it. And he points out that when he first started backpacking, and at this point, at the, the, when the video was made, he'd been backpacking for close to a decade, that that was the tent that he bought because that's what he could afford. And he said it's not great, but it worked fine, and he used it for several years before he then upgraded his gear. Um, so that was sort of the... I, I've been looking at this stuff, too, and that's that was sort of my thought was like, well, okay, it's not... Um, you know, it may not be the greatest thing, and there may be some advantages to going other ways, and you can certainly save some weight by going with a higher-end tent, but, uh, you know, it's a starter tent. Um, you know, if that's the money you got, you work your budget. Um, by the way, base weight tends to be everything that would go in your backpack except for food and clothing. So um, 
any any kind of consumables. So like if you have a little um, uh, uh, fuel canister for your uh, bur- you know for your uh, uh, cook surface and uh, and clothing and food counts extra that you would put in there. Um, but uh, so sleeping bag, tent, the backpack itself, um, and then uh, um, cook utilities, first aid kit, things like that. That's all goes into the base weight. And super lightweight backpackers go under nine pounds, under ten pounds easily. But uh, you know that can cost a lot of money to save those ounces. So, um, but it's 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 like building a puzzle, right? You say, well, I'll buy this, and then I can upgrade this to save myself a pound and a half later. Yeah. So, yeah. and and it's I, I, good to read the reviews and do some do some. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, searching before you go out and buy anything. Oh, absolutely. Read the reviews. And, and like I said, go to YouTube because there's people who, who use this stuff to go like pack camping all the time. And they can tell you, and they do not only do they do reviews, they can also tell you about like how they pack their pack and why they pack it that way. There's some great videos out there on that stuff. Um, I've actually been playing, pay, paying attention to it a little bit just because not only was I going through my earthquake kit, but I was also doing exactly what I was suggesting a minute ago, which is uh, going through and having one of my two packs set up as a lightweight packing setup. So that, And I say lightweight. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to keep it all under a 15-pound ba- base weight. Um, you know, if I can go lighter than that, great, but I don't want to spend a lot of money. And so um, I just want to have a decent setup so that if I decided to go backpacking somewhere, I could because it intrigues me. I really like the idea and my wife won't want to go. So if I do it, I'm going to have to do it on my own. Um, but I'm considering it. So. Oh, that's awesome. So, I so figured, well, when I get into shape, I want to go. I want to go. I'll join you when I'm in shape. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, I would die like out that. there right now. Yeah, my young, my my older, the oldest of my two daughters, and well, my youngest too, except that she's twenty five hundred miles away. My daughters would go with me; they would go out and go backpacking. Um, but my wife just has no interest in it. So, uh, so I'm which looking is fine. at this this brand of tent that I that I've seen before on REI, mm-hmm. um, and they're and they're well rated um, mm-hmm. uh, at the Big Agnes, and they're like five hundred right. bucks. Yes, yes, but they're also. Um, very sturdy in multiple different weather conditions and very light. They're yes. used by a lot of campers, and there's lots of reviews of Big Agnes gear online. So, yeah. Hmm, very interesting stuff. I, I My husband mm-hmm. doesn't like to camp, but maybe if we had the right gear, like sleeping in a, you know, had a good mattress pad, like a, a good pad that we could use. Um, so you're not directly on the ground and that kind of stuff. Maybe you could be more interested. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. You know, um, I uh, uh, when I got that uh, the tent on top of the cot set up, uh, one of my daughters uh, was visiting. And so we planned and we went and did a camping overnight camp in uh, in the um, Santa Monica Mountains. And we rented space. And it was funny because I basically rented this meadow to camp in. And the meadow was good for up to 75 campsites. 75 oh, people wow. could camp there. But we were the only two there because it was like $35 to lease the space. And it was like, you know, the only space I could find. So I, we, we said that. So it was just the two of us there. And Tobin came out and stayed until sundown. And then he he packed up and drove home. He, he didn't camp. But, but, uh, 
but he came out and spent the afternoon. We took a nice hike with us, and so so I think if you you know you had if if I'd had a third um, tent on a cot thing, he might have we might have been able to convince him to stay because that was a pretty nice little setup. I vaguely so. remember that. I remember wanting to be there, but I had to work. Yep. Yep. And Jensen was down, and I think the swimming was yes. I'm sending you a link to the Ozark Trail one-person hiker tent with large door for easy entry. It's uh, $29.95 at Walmart, and it weighs uh, like three pounds, which is on the heavy side for a backpacking tent, but it's $30. That's excellent. Yeah. $30. So, um I, uh, yeah, it says carry weight 4.5, but it's actually less than that when you weigh it. I weighed it. Um, I bought one and I haven't set it up yet. So once I set it up, then I'll tell you what I think. I was thinking I might set it up and sleep in the backyard one night just to test it out. Cool. Don't do it right now. You'll be pretty cold. Well, I got a sleeping bag. (laughs) It's not like it's going to snow on you. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like I need a four-weather tent. Now, I would try not to do it on a night when I know it's going to rain. That That's not pleasant. I mean, you know, it's like I've got a perfectly good house right there. I think I'll sleep over there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I might try it. We'll see. We'll see. So with that, we are out of time. So, yeah, go out and build your build your emergency earthquake kit, and uh, and we'll be back to talk to you on Monday about more fun stuff. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great weekend, everybody.